everyone, Brian Beeler, and thanks for tuning in to the Storage View podcast. Today, I've got uh, actually a longtime friend of, of ours joining in uh, uh, from NVIDIA, and our relationship with, with Luke started years ago on end-user computing. And way back then, we were talking about how organizations can take these expensive GPUs and maximize their, their leverage in an organization. Now, some of that started out with really classic time-shifting techniques using the GPUs for uh, intensive uh, Creative Pro, SolidWorks type use cases during the day and then letting it run analytics at night. Uh, then we got into things like uh, virtualizing the GPUs, multi-instance GPUs, all sorts of other ways to take advantage of GPUs in really powerful ways uh, that, that uh, could help creators do more uh, and help organizations leverage these expensive assets more frequently uh, around the clock if they were really sharp about it. Anyway, we worked with Luke on all this stuff for all these past years on, on end-user computing and VDI and all these things. Now, uh, Luke's involved with a new initiative, NVIDIA Launchpad. And the Launchpad isn't entirely new, but this week it was updated, uh, released out to GA with all sorts of new stuff going on. So I want to talk about that. I want to get you guys up to speed on what NVIDIA is doing to enable uh, proof-of-concept uh, systems with A30 GPUs or T4 in some cases uh, for AI ML workloads to let orgs really get into the, the thick of it really, really quickly get a feel for how these uh, GPUs can accelerate their workloads, and then get these things into production. So uh, Luke Wignall, NVIDIA, thanks for uh, coming in today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So you went from end-user computing nerd to now a really important guy uh, dealing with enterprise <laughs> GPUs. How did that happen? Uh, well, uh, like we talked about the other day, it's all servers. It's all servers, right? It's all about data centers. Um, no, I mean, I, I think uh, actually the irony of this is when we talked before about VGPU and, um, you know, taking VDI to that next level, we were, all, we were talking about accelerating, you know, users, right? We were, we were talking about enabling uh, users to do more with bigger, heavier workloads than they'd ever done before uh, and, and give them freedom, right? Unchain them from their, their desk, from their, um, you know, big workstation or whatever. And, um, but, uh, you know, arguably still VDI was in one corner of the data center, right? It wasn't a, uh, a core data center function um, way back when. Um, uh, sadly, the last year and a half has made remote work uh, a thing, right? And uh, so all of a sudden it's in the core. Well, this is really over the last couple of years um, really exposed a need to be thinking differently about the core data center. Um, it's not just stayed, uh, you, know, um, you know, big monolithic, uh, you know, exchange servers, SQL servers, whatever, um, the core elements of, of a data center, it's about all of these very nimble, very um, demanding workflows that need to be accelerated. So the old days, BGPU was a big piece of that conversation um, mm -hmm. and accelerating graphical workflows. Uh, the more that we've seen a shift to um, the value of data and the, and the value of insights that can come from data, all this data existing in the core data center, um, where historically those workflows have all happened again in the corner of the data center, in some cluster over here, or uh, you know a Linux pod, or a, you know whatever, um, and that doesn't fit in the in the 
the mainstream data center, right? It's not manageable by the same tools. It's not flexible. It uh, tends to be a big investment, so it ends up becoming a bit of an ivory tower, right? Uh, I want to be able to explore data. I want to do some workflows. And so I've got to have special equipment, and it'll be over here isolated with a, a different, um, you know, shadow IT, I think is the, the mm -hmm. sort of, uh, you know, cliche term for it. And uh, there tends to be a lot, of, a lot of friction between all these teams as they try to coexist in that data center. Same story I could have said about VGPU and did over those years. I'm now saying about um, you know data science uh, as a as a large term um, that covers everything from AI, deep learning, ML, you name it. And um, and the challenge still exists that those users that are demanding resources to be able to analyze that data are they're tricky users to support. And so the same way I was having conversations before about how do I take care of an engineer or an artist or a designer with their extreme workflow with GPUs and so forth, now I have you know, AI practitioners that are screaming for very flexible, very powerful resources to do development work, data analytics work, what have you. And as an IT person, um, I'm sitting there staring at this complex use case where how do I help them? How do I support mm -hmm. them? How do I roll this out? How do I manage it? Not just day zero, what do I need to build for them, but day two, how do I ma manage and, and maintain that for them? You know, how do I how do I ensure that it's secure? And nine times out of ten, this stuff ends up getting pushed out to you know some do-it-yourself, roll-your-own Linux solution that's not managed properly. And then back to that friction with IT again. Long well, story short, yeah, I mean, you're, well, you're setting up a lot of challenges, right? And mm -hmm. and probably where you were going to go is that it's all the same. It's just sort of shifted in terms of, of 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 where these things are happening and where the importance lies. But help help kind of reset the personas that we're dealing with here and how those users or use cases interact with both the hardware required to create these these um, AI and ML kind of things, these algorithms, whatever it is that they're working on, or engines, and then you know where that relates to the inferencing, where the data re resides, because there's there's just so much here. Because a lot of what you talk about, we see individual data scientists working on high-end workstations, and they'll often do a lot of work there. But then the problem is, is that workstation doesn't have the data necessarily because that's in the data center or somewhere else. So then they've got to pull down data sets or get their thing closer to the data. So there's some logistical challenges there. Then we've seen a number of instances where we're putting the GPUs in the data center, which makes sense, and then letting these guys remote in. But that's a different set of challenges from uh, potentially desktop security for the th more of the traditional thin client or remote workforce world. And then we've got these enterprise applications that are already built and running that need these things. So just help us sort of reset on these where these GPUs come into play specifically, and what types of users have these certain personas that you've been able to maybe not isolate, but put enough gravity around that uh, that you can define them and start to come up with solutions to support these people. It's funny, the more mature a customer is in this um, landscape, the more personas there are. Um, if you have somebody who's uh, you know fairly new to, to any of this, it's it's gonna be, you know, some data person, right? Doesn't have to be a data scientist, could be a data analyst, could be, you know, pick your title. Uh, we sort of bundle them under AI uh, practitioner as a persona. Okay. Um, and then you have the IT person, right? You have the core IT, um, you know, sysadmin, classic sysadmin. 
Now, if you get to a more mature customer that's, um, you know, maybe progressed somewhat down this path, then you start hearing things like DevOps, DevML Ops, uh, ML DevOps. I mean, I, I swear there's a new acronym for this every time I turn around. And this just propagates, which I would argue exposes part of the problem that it's, it's not simple. It, it can be very complex. And so, um, you know, a couple of the uh, early data points we got talking to customers about this. Um, supporting AI practitioners in general is three to five times more uh, uh, support intensive than a standard user. I heard that from multiple customers. That's where the range comes from, three to five. But none of them said they're equivalent. Um, mm -hmm. They are just that much harder to take care of. Well, it's, um, is it their apps? Is it their hardware? Is it oh, they break me, stuff all the time? I think those were all yes. Um, <laughs> the, but uh, no, another data point, and it's the other side. So you ask about the two, you know, the two key personas, and I would say it's IT and 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 you know the data practitioner, whatever you want to call them. Um, and if you go, so if, if I talk to the IT person, they're like, oh, you know, those AI people are three to five times more complicated to take care of. You know, it's, it, they're, they're my nightmare because I don't understand their world. I don't know what they need. And they, and they appear to want a lot of things and they want a lot of flexibility, right? Um, a lot of performance, right? And compute power and so forth. Then if I go over to the other side of the table and I talk to the AI person, the, the data scientist or whatever you, what have you, um, their comment back is, you know, for every, and this is an actual data point, um, for every AI project, 70 to 80% of the entire project time from ideation or task given all the way through to an application or something deployed and it's actually doing something, right? Um, 70, 80% of that project time is fighting with IT to get the right workbench to work on. Hmm. Like okay. that's an, so you take those two data points and like, I don't care what NVIDIA does to speed up the software side of this, right? Uh, NVIDIA AI enterprise um, software platform that we've uh, also launched this year um, is a curated collection of libraries and so forth, containerized libraries that, um, you know, just like Linux, why do you pay for Linux? It's free software. I've always said it's the most expensive free software on earth because you have to support it. Mm -hmm. Same idea. Instead of having to have this huge support requirement, we've put together a software platform that gives you a fully supported curated set of libraries to kick off your uh, AI. And, um, and why do we do that? Well, because if it's hard to deploy and then hard to use, so both those data points come into play, it doesn't matter what I do to speed this up with GPUs or anything else, you're wasting 80% of the project time saying, no, 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 I need more system memory on my VDI or I need more, you know, whatever, right? Um, and it goes back and forth as a trouble ticket with your, you know, your help desk until you finally get what you need to do your dev work on. Now well, you can we, start it. Well, aren't we on this sort of time shift issue, that, or not even time shift, but the, the deployment time and adoption curve, right? Is you know, So I'm in here in Cincinnati, we've got Kroger, we got Macy's, big, big time retailers. They've been doing this for years, where they're analyzing traffic, where they're analyzing security and, and, and purchase intent and and Kroger's got these customized shelf talkers where they know who you are when you come in and, and that Luke likes to buy Fritos. So when you're there, they're flashing a coupon, whatever it is. They've been doing this for years. But all organizations have data, right? And even the smallest of organizations can be, or you know, in theory, could be using that data to make some sort of intelligent decision about where we take the business. What do we offer for new product or, or service? What do we do? Like They could be answering those questions, but many of them don't because I think they think AI is scary or cum cumbersome, which can be true. 
But it gets to, I think, too, if they kick off a project and, and they're new at this and they don't have a dedicated practice within their organization that, that is supporting this type of activity, when you roll into IT and say, hey, I need 25 grand worth of gear to go dabble with this thing. And by the way, IT, you're not used to supporting this. You're not, you've not been trained on this. You don't have a core competency in in managing GPUs and deploying them and this sort of thing. Of course, there's going to be like I could totally see that, especially if you're new at this thing. Well, I, but back to your comment about they've been doing this forever. I I think you know certainly machine learning, certainly data analytics have been around forever. Right? You know, absolutely true. Um, what what is new though is the ever increasing pressure to get um, uh, real valuable insight real time, right? Okay. Uh, What's shifted is not whether or not, you know, uh, you know, Luke likes Cheetos or Fritos or any other brand, but I like this bag and uh, I have also bought, because it's in my hands or my cart, a whole bunch of bulky other items. So clearly I'm about to throw a, you know, a football party tomorrow. Um, right. You want the no. party size Cheetos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's going to, it's going to direct me there. Um, you know, that's the sort of thing that I think, um, you know, it hasn't ever been done before because you couldn't, right? The data mm-hmm. velocity is, I mean, I mean, people, people need to, and, you know, we sort of talked about this before the, the, uh, the podcast kicked off, but um, people select the amount of data they're going to store. And I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but, um, you know, they check whatever boxes on whatever logging solution or whatever it is they're, they're collecting data from, however they're doing it. And they're and they're selecting source, they're selecting velocity, and all that's defined uh, and retention defined by their ability to store it, right? And that's all defined by the value of the insight they get out of the data. And if I, if if my insight takes me eight days, right, to get any sort of result, because that's what it takes to run this on CPUs and and get some sort of analysis back, and that accuracy is at I don't know sixty percent, right? I, what if I it's taken me eight days to give you a guess? Right. Slightly better mm-hmm. than a guess. And you're supposed to make a judgment call about that and, and drive your business. You just can't. You need accuracy in the 90s. You need it to be nearly real time to have any ability to be nimble and responsive. Um, how do you get there? And then to the point you made before about the complexity of this, if it is complex or if it's not in your in your skill set, in your wheelhouse, now you're terrified. You're, you're opening up Pandora's box. And if you do increase source and you increase velocity, now you have to, and retention, now you're spending millions on storage for something that, you know, now you're supposed to get real value out of. And, um, and so there's a lot of knobs that, uh, you know, a lot of pressure points that end up on that sysadmin or that IT, that core IT team that um, is being told to solve this. Um, and, you know, the, the AI practitioner types, their problem is how do I paw through all this data? Because what they really are are data cowboys. They are, you know, I think we have this perception that AI people are, you know, their brains the size of planets and they're kept in special rooms or whatever and nobody, you know, they can, uh, you know, who can speak to these people? Um, no, every data scientist I've ever met is they're, they're curious, they're creative, they their job is to look at all these different data sources and find some question to ask of it that's going to create value for the company, right? Um, you know, and and how to do that in a way that's meaningful and, and accurate and useful. And their challenge is, if it takes eight days and that's a sixty percent uh, accurate guess, um, they need to be right every time, 
so that it takes out all their freedom, takes out all their creativity. Um, I've always argued that what we're trying to do by accelerating these workflows, whether it be with our software or GPUs and hardware and so forth, is um, we're giving them the most important luxury of all, which is failure. Right? To be able to ask questions okay. and fail, like be wrong. Oh, what if I turn it this way? Nah, that's not going to work. Right? I mean, that that gives you an ability to gain insight you would have never had before. So when you say, you know, grocery store chain X, Y, or Z has been doing this forever, sure, but has it really been that useful and effective? No, it's it's not accurate. It's not it's not real time. It's 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 you know, there's way more room for this to be dug into and, and accuracy to be found. So how do we solve that? Right? Um, you know, we've put together. Uh, a set of solutions, and we haven't even gotten to Launchpad yet. Launchpad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, let, let's get to that. So you guys announced Launchpad earlier this year, and then this week, um, what is it? Now it's available, and, and you've got all this running on VMware and and real. You know, we we looked at it on uh, PowerEdge servers in Equinox. It's. Will you tell? You know what? What do you? What do you? Have, what have you put together? Uh, an instant POC environment. I mean, it's that simple. It's a okay. delivery mechanism for NVIDIA AI Enterprise, right? That software package I was talking about. Um, you know, if right now um, with supply chain issues and everything else that we're all fully aware of, um, it's a real challenge for a customer to, to, you know, gear up, invest in a pilot or a POC and, and you know, Plus there's questions around, I mean, if it's gonna take me four months to get a server or maybe even longer, you know, what size should I get? You know, how, how do I spec that server? What, you know, how do I get any sense of that to make the right decision? We've already touched on all the other complexities. Now we're just to, okay, which server do I buy? What networking do I get? You know, what, mm -hmm. what do I do? Where do I start, right? So to answer that, NVIDIA put together Launchpad. It is essentially, it's just a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a POC environment. It's that simple. But it's beautiful in the sense that it's running VMware. It's using you know vCenter and all the traditional enterprise uh, management tool set that you would expect. It's built around the two key personas, uh, the IT person as well as the AI practitioner. We have built-in blueprints that allow you to, to actually do something, to accomplish something in it. Um, what we didn't want to do, and this is a lesson learned from uh, way early on at VGPU, is it's great to set somebody up with a POC. You, you know, they, they get some servers, they rack and stack, and all of a sudden you got this glorious rack of humming, blinky light servers. Now what? Mm -hmm. Right? That's not, we haven't gotten to the value yet, right? You haven't done anything. And so what we didn't want to do with Launchpad is give you a PC environment with a server and say, good luck. We wanted to give you a, a POC environment that either the IT person and or the AI person could run through labs, actual functional labs, um, and build up what they would need to to deliver that workbench, that, that, that resource for that AI practitioner to do something on. The AI practitioner can then take that, that VDI, that, that, um, that instance, and build out, uh, like our first of the blueprints is a AI chat, uh, chatbot, support chatbot mm -hmm. for IT. Um, we thought, why not build something that you could potentially go home with? Like, take the thing home with you, use it, you know? So, yeah, so, I mean, it's it's pretty cool. So we, we played around with it. You know, we've been working on it and, and um, doing a deep dive that uh, our team has been working on. But, yeah, as IT admin guy, you log in to vCenter and, like, there you go. <laughs> it's already there. It look it, it doesn't just look and feel like you're in a VMware environment. You are you're there. It's uh, ours was a Dell uh, R750. 
has an A30 GPU in it, and IT admin can go out and build that uh, Ubuntu VM for the data scientist or whatever, and then mm-hmm. send that that person along on their way. And to your point, well, first of all, it's easy because it's there, right, and it's already set up. But then you've got these recipes, more or less, where where the users can go in and play and do something. And in your case, uh, that first example, leave with a chatbot. But there's other stuff in there. Or mm-hmm. I guess for the data scientists, too, they could bring their workload in or or a piece Absolutely. of it or something and, and a little bit of data or whatever and, and start to mess with this thing with their real stuff if they got that adventurous. Um, in fact, Launchpad's built around a, a two to four week window. I mean, this is not uh, your classic, you know, 24 hour test drive sort of environment. This is right. a legit POC environment. Um, the expectation, the reason it's, it's, uh, you know, we, we essentially spin up an entirely orchestrated, uh, ESXi environment. The assumption is, uh, the IT persona is already managing a VMware environment, right? 80% or something of all data centers run on ESXi. So, um, as Jensen famously said, it's the operating system of the data center, right? So um, that's why we keyed on it. And um, but you know, I don't think anybody wants to sit through an ESXi install. That's that's been done before, right? As exciting um, as that is, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, watching the Ubuntu installs, well, never no, not much the, better. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So um, you know, that the idea was we're gonna we're gonna put you where you probably are on a daily basis as a, a, an IT admin, right? Um, every day you stare at vCenter, you manage things. So that's where you start. That's the, the journey's beginning. Um, but from there, and goes back to my earlier points about supporting these AI practitioners, we walk you through building out an appropriately sized virtual machine. We, we walk through optimizations. We walk through um, everything that we can, we can possibly do to make and simplify uh, your ability to walk away from this experience and go, oh, all right, I get it now. As long as I have a server with a GPU and I you know, buy some licenses for uh, NVIDIA AI Enterprise, um, I can I can start supporting my AI practitioners now, today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, I've, I've talked to VMware about this. Lee Caswell and I have chatted a number of times about the, the value in getting all of this other workload stuff, all these AI things that have been in this sort of potential silos, right, in, in organizations and get those into the VMware environment where they can be managed, protected, follow corporate data governance rules. Be, you know, it, it's really pretty important from the IT perspective to have those things wrangled and, and comfortable and managed. But you get a lot of other benefits, too. You've got access to all the data. You've got everything's there. It's already in VMware, right? Well, yeah, and you know the, this problem um, early on in this, we talked to a lot of the, the HPC customers that we have, and um, to get a sense, I mean that's where a lot of this works. You know, the more mature organizations are going to have that that cluster in the back corner of the data center that's doing all this um, big heavy lifting and um, you know training against uh, you know uh, purchasing records or whatever else in order to figure out um, uh, your grocery store example, for example. Sure, that exists, um, but they're also you know, the, the thing they kept asking us on these calls was, um, you know, our problem, we don't have that problem, right? Because we're, we're already in, we're already doing AI. Um, but if you could please make that, you know, crowd of, uh, you know, the unwashed masses of people wanting to get into AI and do stuff with data, those data explorers, right? If you could take those off of our cluster and give them some other resource to work on, that would be great. In mm-hmm. other words, 
as as AI um, gets out of this sort of uh, you know very I don't know what's the word I'm looking for um, sort of special just you know sort of reserved it's just everybody always treats it like it's 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 not an everyday thing and as it's it gets more every day right? yeah and and well even the skunk works piece of this the, the in order for this thing to move out of the 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 you know it's sort of current special place and become a a, a commonplace thing right um it and we were laughing about this on a previous call about you know the abused word democratized but mm. it has to be democratized it has to be accessible to everybody who has an interesting question to ask of the data if we keep it simple like that and don't make it so reserved and so you know uh, ivory tower ish then all of a sudden everybody wants access to it and so these hpc people are like i've got to have some ability so i would love for my it team right the core it people to be able to just take these these all these little projects that i don't want to put on my cluster because it's doing big valuable work and it is um and give them some ability to just do their little exp you know, exploration, dev work, whatever. Well, yeah, as you hear that, the first six customers we talked to, all six said that. I mean, that's, that was the, you know, hello, we have a product. We have, a, we, we, we have a, an issue here that we can solve. And so that solution was how to put together uh, a full platform that enables uh, any company with data uh, to begin to do something with that data and really be, you know, begin to build solutions that help them as a business um, and starting from little dev projects all the way up. And so Launchpad is an ability to accelerate that. Um, and the, uh, I, almost, I almost said the acronym, NVIDIA AI Enterprise is a software package that makes it easy to deploy and easy to support. Um, you know, uh, at the end of the day, the goal here is to enable any classic I, core IT person to comfortably and easily uh, have a single help desk ticket conversation instead of multiple back and forth to right size it um, and say, you know, here are the five questions I'm going to have for you, IT or AI practitioner, um, to help me size this out and I'll have it to you in 15 minutes. And we can show so, them that. Yeah, so, so a couple things. I mean, it's it's real infrastructure. So it's in a real data center, real servers. I mean, you get access to pretty well appointed setup there. I mean, I said I talked about the server, but the A30, just for some perspective, what's an A30 capable of, or how do you characterize that in terms of what you're putting uh, in these systems and making available to, to prospects and customers? Let me ask you one quick question first, though. Did you, when you saw those specs, was your initial reaction just well appointed, but fairly typical ESXi host server? Or were you like, oh man, this is a Lamborghini? Uh, you know, we're a little skewed from norm by having so much stuff in our lab here in Cincinnati that we see Lamborghinis a lot. And so sometimes you, you get a little yeah. a little numb. But I, I do think when we were going through that demo, I did say one of the first things was, oh, wow, it's a modern server. So an R750, so Gen 4 and the latest uh, Intel, whatever. So that was good. I think it, if I recall, had a, a pretty nice RAM footprint. And then an A30, which is a, a real GPU. It's not like some four-year-old thing that you dropped in there just to, you know, make people feel like they're getting access to toys. These are real toys. Well, right. But we all, I mean, keep in mind, we want to make sure that um, the customer can, you know, has a real opportunity to, to, 
to try out, right? And again, this isn't just a test drive. Our expectation is they're going to either build one of our blueprints and go through that experience and or potentially start working on their own project, which they can mm-hmm. export out of this and, and, you know, take their work home with them. Um, yeah. An A30 is essentially half of a, an A100, if I had to, you know, uh, okay. overly simplify it. And the idea is um, the A30 is really really well positioned as a starting point, right? Um, If you're doing heavy, heavy training and you're looking for that max performance, A100, absolutely. Um, But if you're looking at inferencing as well, which the T4 is certainly a great inferencing board um, and also available in this, uh, but the A30 is a perfect sort of mid spot because a lot of customers are looking for that flexibility and that one SKU to buy, right? The one platform to support, they're looking for, you know, again, easy to deploy, easy to use. And uh, the idea around the A30, and and if I'm if I'm buying a you know an, an R750, and I'm equipping it with an A30, and I'm going to load it with you know whatever half to a terabyte of RAM, it's going to look like and feel like any other host server, maybe not within an A30 in it, um, that I might have. And so it fits well into that data center. And that's this is actually an important point because what we're after with this is not to give you a server that you have to build a custom data center around. We're giving mm-hmm. you a server, an accelerated server, NV certified, right? So NVIDIA certified servers are, we've worked with all the OEMs, we've got servers that are pre-configured, built around things like A30s, right? As well as DPUs, um, you know, let's not forget the networking side of this. And you've got to feed the beast, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, um, and the idea is instead of having to figure out how to how to roll your own, how to build something on your own, how to custom, you know, I, I, this should be a simple checkbox. I need two racks of these because I'm going to start supporting these accelerated workflows, and they will fit in my energy footprint. They'll fit in my cooling. They'll fit in my rack. Um, you know, I shouldn't have to do anything special for this. So it should be easy. You know, that's step one. And starting with the A30 means um, it's a tremendous GPU. Uh, I don't need four of them in a, in a server and some cooling or power, um, you know, uh, uh, complexity. Instead, I can, I can drop this into any 2U server slot and off I go, right? It should be that easy. Well, you, you talked about taking your workloads with you when you're done with this couple week um, launch pad test drive. Mm-hmm. So do you also see this as a potential sizing tool then so that when I come out of this, I've got some idea about what I need to actually go do this back at my own shop or what I need to buy if I'm going to go to the cloud or whatever the, the sizing you know circumstances may be? Uh, absolutely. I mean, the, okay. the goal of this should be that the uh, at the end of this at the end of this journey, the two personas, right? IT should walk away going, I now understand that using the same tool sets that I use every day to manage all my servers, right, all my nodes, right, my entire infrastructure, um, I can use that same management tool to now very quickly spin up and deliver resources to what were, right, were my some of my most complex to support users, right, and now they're not anymore. We've just you know, check box done, right. On the IT, or excuse me, on the AI side. Um, you know, the goal should be they don't want they have no desire to understand all the underlying infrastructure. They just want something to get to work on their their minds are focused around the data. Right. And, and the problems that they're trying to solve. They don't want to understand, you know, virtual machines and they don't want to understand networking. They don't understand the SAN or the storage. You know, the, the data lies. I mean, all they care about is can I get to the data? Is it fast? And can I solve my problems quickly? Can I can I very quickly uh, get in and start developing a solution or a question, right? And get answers to that question, and then turn that into something bigger. Um, 
and they and they leave with that same answer easy to use right they they walk away going wow it took i was able to to very quickly set my my requirements the it person handed me a, a functional uh workbench for me to get to work on and i was immediately up and running and in fact i was able to do a blueprint solve some of this discovered some new tools i could use and i walk away and maybe I, and we hope that they're comfortable enough to bring in i mean certainly not sensitive you know proprietary data which sure. is a this is a you know public uh, uh, POC environment. I mean, your each individual unit is unique to that user, and we provide best effort security. But mm -hmm. the idea is, you if you wanted to begin exploring some anonymized data or, or less sensitive data and, and build out something that you would then export out and take with you, absolutely, and, and uh, we're there to help them. So, so let's talk about the help then a little bit. How obviously you've got a form you can go on fill it out and then someone will contact you. But how? What do you think will be the most common vector to get people into this? Will it be a sales support function where where Dell or Nvidia or HPE or whoever it is says, "Hey, customer, if you're not ready to buy this thing, go check it out here." As a driver, do you think it'll be? Uh, data scientists that that see the program, they, ooh, a thirty. Let me let me go play. You know that sounds like fun. Yeah. You know, what what do you expect or what are you seeing? I know it's early. Uh, well, I mean, the, the keep in mind that um, while it's launched and now publicly available globally, um, we've got you know three global regions, nine different locations. Um, I, I mean, it, this is this is a real service offering, um, and they're up and running, ready to go. The what we have seen as we've led up to this, and we've had some customer, early customers in. Um, it it seems to start mostly with IT, and I think it starts there because of what we've already talked about. They're the ones at the end of the day. The AI practitioner, you know, they have all sorts of options in front of them. Could be a, a laptop that they own. It could be a cloud. It could be whatever. Um, there could be fifty help desk tickets later, and they get something from IT. But they'll they'll get what they need, right? Um, the the challenge is how do you get IT that, you know, they don't want their data in the cloud necessarily, and especially if it's, you know, proprietary and, and business critical. Um, they're looking for an answer to keep it local, but manage it locally, right? So it starts there, and that seems to be where many of these conversations come from. It's that it's that core IT that's looking to solve a problem that they have to take care of these, these uh, AI practitioners, these data scientists, these data analysts, um, and they're just looking for help. They're looking, how do I right-size this? How do I test this? And in almost in every case, the problem is I can kick this off, but it's going to take me time to get the equipment. It's going to take me uh, laps in order to figure out how to, how to even get this up and running and managed. Mm -hmm. And then I have to figure out how to, how to how to speak to my AI practitioners and understand their needs better. This is a long journey. And so the least that NVIDIA can do is simplify that and make it a really easy, quick process, painless process for them to get in. And so sources, not to say that um, AI uh, folk haven't also come into this, but generally speaking, they've come to us because they're trying to figure out how to speak to their IT teams and ask okay. for the right resources. Um, so inevitably it drifts back to IT. So you get them in there, they're playing around with it. It's largely self-directed. It can be entirely self-directed. There's no... It can be. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't require you to be on a Zoom session for hours with some NVIDIA nerd going through all this stuff. But what is available if they want that support or interaction or or have questions? Like what We didn't pursue that, so I, I genuinely don't know what's what's happening there from a support perspective. 
Yeah, uh, so there's multiple layers to that. Um, you know, as in all cases, uh, sales is involved, and with sales, you get your sales engineer or your uh, solution architect. And um, uh, and keep in mind, partners can bring customers through this. Other people can bring customers through this as well. So uh, there's an expectation that there's a call it a tier one, right? That's already tied to that customer. Um, but if a customer found this on its own, um, yeah, there's absolutely a, a, a feedback loop and a you know a help. Um, uh, and then an entire team behind that that essentially is built around tiers two and three, but persona focused. So if the initial question comes out of the IT side of the house, right, then we have um, data center expertise on our side there to help, right, at both tiers two and three to really get into the to the weeds. And in fact, if a if a customer came to us with a um, a, a very specific set of circumstances and needed some very specific answers, we can escalate this and even carve off and help them. Uh, on a more intimate level uh, within my own lab and, and other places as well. So um, the idea is there's, there's sort of gradients here depending on the customer need. But the expectation is they should be able to go through this on their own. Um, this should be something that um, a customer ought to be able to get, you know, at least the fundamental core value pieces out of this without necessarily needing all that much hand-holding at all. You guys made well, how, it through it, so. <laughs> we, we might have broken it once, but that was self-inflicted. Uh, uh, well, so it, it wasn't the launchpad problem. Right, exactly. Well, so talk about that, though, a little bit, because the way you talk about what NVIDIA is doing from a support and relationship building and, and uh, enablement standpoint, I don't know if it sounds like more than normal, if it is more than normal, if it's what you've always done, it just is a little more public since you've got this Launchpad program that's out there. Do you have any sense uh, of that in terms of is this more than what you've done in the past to, to help customers sort stuff out? It's funny, I'm sitting here uh, trying to decide whether I want to frame the answer. Um, <laughs> so. I, I would argue, you know, I've been here a long time, and uh, I started off as a solution architect myself. And I would say that one of the one of the early frustrations I always had is that um, uh, people don't call Nvidia enough, right? They they lean heavily on all the other ecosystem <laughs> partners and players, right? But they don't call us. Like it's you it's feel just, you're feeling left out. I'm I, I left don't out. have a lot of sympathy though. I don't. There's think. a huge amount of expertise at Nvidia, and we don't necessarily get called in as often as we should. Um, well, wait, is well, that but, because? But is that because Nvidia has been viewed historically as a component provider, not to take away from what the GPU can do, and now the GPU is doing more than ever, and in many ways superseding the importance of CPU, depending on the workload. That maybe that's changing, but I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Oh no, that was that was my framing question because the yeah. other okay. part, the other way I would frame this is people need to stop thinking about Nvidia as a. a a GPU company. We're a platform company. We've been a platform company for a long time. And in fact, back to the very beginning of this of this chat we're having, and you you asked, you know, going from end user computing and and how did I end up here? Um, this is this that was our first big platform in a lot of ways. I mean, there were others, but um, when you look at at what vGPU represented, it was software, right? It was absolutely software. And when I started um, at Nvidia. Uh, there were what 7,500 employees back then. It was it's amazing how much smaller the company was, but how big it felt. And um, it's uh, even then um, the majority of the employees were software engineers. And I, I think people have just it, it's sort of muscle memory to think of us as this GPU hmm. company, and we're not. And I you'll notice I've dodged your A30 questions throughout this entire chat because 
I want, I, you know, the GPU is an amazing thing. It's an incredibly powerful accelerator. But you know what? It's not half as powerful until you layer on, you know, the software solutions and the platforms that we're building on top of that. And if you look at these stacks now, yeah. um, all the things we're bringing to the table, um, I mean, that's, there's an incredible amount of performance and well, function in the software. Absolutely. Piece. I mean, the, the AI enterprise thing is, is absolutely huge. And this makes it so easy to go and play. But I do wonder, because you mentioned DPUs um, once. Obviously, there's the Mellanox group has been folded in. So we've got all this new Quantum 2, 400 gig switching coming. We've got next-gen ConnectX cards. Uh, we've got 4s, 5s, and 6s all over the lab. We've used those things like crazy. Um, you know, Madi smiles a little bit every time we use a Connect X6 or even talk about it. He's probably smiling from his house right now listening. Um, but so much great stuff coming there. The DPUs, the DPUs with integrated GPU. We actually did a podcast with um, some of those folks uh, a number of weeks ago. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll link to that one in the notes because it's a really good primer on what is coming with DPU. So do you? what's the intent long term for Launchpad? Do you want to take this thing? Like right now, this gets you into AI enterprise and gets you the feel of a GPU. But why not throw DPUs in there? Why not throw more infrastructure? Why not throw, uh, I mean, vSAN or something else in there to give up all sorts of other stuff? Or, or do you worry about it getting too big and too cumbersome? No. In fact, uh, it's funny. Thank you for the uh, the nice setup there. The fleet <laughs> command. You didn't even talk about fleet command. There's a launchpad also supports our edge uh, story as well. Okay. Uh, Fleet Command is uh, an entire management layer designed to enable you to deploy easily at the edge. Um, uh, you know, you're you're back to your grocery store example. I want to I want to ship out a couple of servers to a micro data center in a closet at the local grocery store that's going to handle edge inferencing uh, and maybe even some localized training. Right? Um, I want to be able to deploy that. Do I need to send a a incredibly valuable key senior person to go set that up, or can anybody with an ability to plug the right you know uh, you know, cable into the right socket um, and power the thing up. And then I can use a management tool like Fleet Command to just discover it and then deploy an OS and deploy containers and I'm up and running. Mm -hmm. um, you can do that in Launchpad. We have an entire Fleet Command uh, persona chain in there as well, uh, a journey for customers. And uh, so, yes, the expectation is, is that Launchpad, that idea of an instant POC to allow a customer to get up and running that fast um, I, I think needs to be across all of our platforms. So DPUs, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, the hardest challenge I think we have in front of us, um, and if you watch Jensen's keynote from GTC this past week, um, 90 minutes, if you don't, I mean, if you do nothing else this weekend, please That's watch That's short for him, by the way. It is, <laughs> it is very short. Um, the, uh, uh, it's the amount of information that he packs in that is insane. But what I would challenge you as you're watching this is A, uh, keep tabs of how much software he talks about and how much hardware he talks about, right? The balance and how out of balance that is compared to past keynotes and, and how important then the software is to NVIDIA, right? Um, uh, and the enterprise solutions. The second thing I would tell you that feeds off that is um, as you watch the keynote, watch how many pieces he pulls from previous parts of the keynote as he begins to build these solutions in. Mm -hmm. So it's this pervasiveness horizontally, right? And so to your question, a customer should be able to come into Launchpad and traverse horizontally across our solutions. That's the grand vision, right? A customer should be able to come in and say, 
Um, I really want to solve uh, my AI problems. You know, it's the big point of pain that I've got in front of me right now. I need to be able to get value out of this data. I need to be able to to have real time, um, you know, uh, answers back from this data. Um, and then a second later, they should be able to say, "Oh, and I really have to figure out a way to offload, um, you know, my uh, and speed up my ability to do." Um, SDN, right? Uh, I don't want that on my CPUs anymore. I want to be able to do that at, at real-time speed. And um, I, you know, cybersecurity, I, I've got to have greater levels of cybersecurity per node. And these are multi-tenant devices, generally speaking now, right? Um, so shouldn't I have top uh, level, you know, next-gen intelligence analyzing every packet and everything that's happening for every one of those tenants on that node alone as well as every other node i mean these are these are huge challenges and so yeah we want to be able to show that off we want to give them an opportunity to see that and as as they wake up to i would i would i would say that customers uh are always held hostage by um, you know, the sort of the, the IT challenges and limitations they have in front of them, right? We talked a little bit about data and, you know, the value of the data is, uh, you know, if I'm not getting great accuracy, if I'm not getting great feedback out of that data or insight out of that data, I'm not going to invest a lot of money in storing that data. So my, you know, my, my investment in that area is going to be smaller. But if on the other hand, that data suddenly has a tremendous amount of value, all of a sudden, I'm going to increase my investment in that space. Well, that also then means that data has that much more value to, uh, you know, potentially people interested in, in hacking into that data, right? Getting access to that data, stealing that data. Yeah, I need sure. to protect it better. Um, and so all these these things start to, to grow on themselves as they get more comfortable in this space, right? And, um, and so we want them to be in a position to be able to, in this POC, be able to traverse and and, and try different elements of this and piece together the right solution out of all the various elements way beyond just a GPU that NVIDIA brings to the table. Yeah, I mean, it uh, makes perfect sense. Um, and, and yeah, you're absolutely right. The addition, too, of what, what the Mellanox guys are doing, I think many people didn't really see it immediately because they were looking at ports and, you know, that's switches and that's not entirely exciting. But the enablement that 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 offers and the new smart NICs are just so cool and in so much in terms of capabilities in changing the whole underlying technology. So off OCP this week, there's a ton of talk about Ethernet connected SSDs again. And uh, JBOF is coming back into to Vogue as, as something that was popular for just a minute in the software defined revolution and sort of faded away. Now, that's very much back why not get the GPU almost dedicated access to the storage with nothing in between? I mean, that's that's pretty neat, potentially. All sorts all, of good stuff to be done. Yeah. all I mean, and really, you know, from, from an NVIDIA-focused perspective, we're looking at this as um, where are the bottlenecks, right? Like, what's slowing this down? What's keeping you – I mean, at the end of the day – um, what we care most about is the, the customer's ability to, to get their life's work done or their important challenge met or whatever it is that they're trying to do. That, that, that's the goal, right? It's not just about, you know, how fast can we make this thing or how fast can that network go or how, you know, whatever, right? But it's about how do we, how do we actually enable, uh, you know, these, these huge paradigm shifts that keep happening. And, um, and we're accelerating all of those. And it's happening because we look at the entire ecosystem we look for the bottlenecks, and we're doing our, our 
our absolute best to find and, and smash every one of those bottlenecks to a point where, whether it is uh, GPU direct storage, right? I, why map? Why push this thing all over the bus? Why not go straight, right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna, you know, really start pulling, you know, making this data super valuable, then, you know, yeah, 100 gig, yeah, 400 gig, yeah, like this is gonna become necessary. Well, then it gets to things like. Uh, all right, well, now I got these giant core firewalls that I have to deal with, and they don't have enough throughput to handle what we're talking about. Well, yeah, maybe we need to distribute that work, right? Maybe we need to, to, to you know, plant security in, in the, the back end of every single uh, server out there, right? Mm -hmm. uh, every workstation even, right? Everything is going to need security. Everything needs security today. This isn't a gonna. Well, it's, it's funny, though, because the stuff that was always talked about at places like OCP, and we've got Supercompute next week, another great example of, of two places where all these big ideas were often discussed but they never really applied to the masses, right? They applied to the top 30 hyperscalers. They t applied to maybe the top you know, 80 or 90 uh, supercomputers, but not even all of them. Um, now the stuff that we're talking about at the edge, this emerging tech really feels like it's not so far from being enterprise applicable um, in a faster way than ever before. And maybe some of that is just the enablement that the guys like NVIDIA are doing to help take advantage of this stuff in in a enterprise way much faster than before. I'm not sure. Do you feel that as well? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I don't know if I maybe I probably said this poorly earlier, but it's um, I, I think you, you you're stuck. You're held hostage, right? You're stuck answering, asking questions based on what you know and what you're able to do today. Right. Mm. Um, you know, and in order to reframe people's perspectives so they can ask questions, uh, they need to understand what's next. Right. Or what's you know, uh, you know, it, um, if you look at some of the challenges over the past, um, you know, year and a half in this pandemic and everything else, some of the things that have that have been solved very, very quickly. It, it's not magic. It's just because things got accelerated. They've been getting accelerated year over year over year, um, you know, for the you know, for the last however many decades. Right. And this is really getting to a point where we're able to help organizations glean greater insight at at rates never before seen at accuracy levels that are mind-boggling and you you, you put the, that sort of opportunity on the table like i said the, the 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 luxury of failure right the the luxury to try and miss right um is is an incredibly powerful thing and so i think you enable that across the board and you do begin to see these like just mind-boggling solutions come out of all this right things that you know Two years ago, we would have all looked at each other and said science fiction. No, no. All right. So it's a very cool solution. We're working on it. Uh, we'll have some more content about this thing. I am a little afraid, though, that that you're going to get so many people interested in this that you're going to get a, a long queue to be able to have access to these things. What what does that look like if someone hits your form today? You know, how long until they can get in there and start playing? Oh no! It's right now. Uh, we've got sufficient bandwidth. We can we can absolutely take people on, and we would love to have the problem of a long queue. <laughs> um, you know, that's you know, come on, that's 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 the goal, right? Um, okay. And the cool part is working with Equinix, uh, and uh, this whole thing's built on Equinix Metal. Is we can scale, right? We can we can we can absolutely add um, uh, bandwidth to this thing as we need to, and and be able to to handle the 
the rush of, of this excited crowd. But um, I, you know, I would absolutely challenge anybody that's excited about this, and I, I think we'll, I think you're going to share the link at the end of this. Yep. And um, uh, but basically, if you're googling the uh, uh, AI software suite for IT, is the I think the the byline on the webpage itself at Nvidia.com, and uh, but it's uh, Nvidia AI Enterprise. Um, there's a try now, uh, get, or get started today, I think is the button and, um, click that, fill out a form. Um, you know, there's some qualifying questions to make sure this is something that you're going to be able to take, uh, use of immediately. And, um, part of that's getting the right personas on the table, right? Getting both that IT and that AI, uh, both those parties together. And, um, uh, and then, you know, we get you started. We get, we spin up a, a, you can basically get one of these environments up and running in about an hour and a half from zero. And uh, so from our support perspective, it's really easy to get a customer onboarded, get them up and running. We've got great documentation, um, although you guys did manage to find something we could edit. And, uh, uh, and thank you. Um, but uh, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it really have done a ton of work to make this painless, right? Easy. All right. So it's, it's easy. It's free. It's free. A uh, couple weeks. officially supposed to say it's uh, no charge. It's it's free. You get a couple weeks, two two to four weeks. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure if you're still working, you can beg for for a little more time. Um, I mean, if if you've got a shovel ready project, why not? Right, go mess around with this and get access to. By the way, all of the latest everything in, from hardware, software, all of it. Right, there's there's a little reason not to take your project there to go see oh, what it can do. Absolutely. And, and as you've said uh, previously, you know, once if you want to start with the blueprints, great. That's why we put those together, those, you know, mm -hmm. those labs that you can build something out um, and you can. Uh, but if you want to you know, take it to the next step beyond that and we're here to help you, if you want to do that, we want you to do that. So that'd be great. Um, uh, in fact, as a parting shot, the the lab, the first blueprint that we um, put into the original product description for this as we were figuring out where to start was this support uh, AI uh, support bot. And uh, we were discussing what to put in there. So this is a shout out to all the IT admins out there uh, that want to try this. What we actually put in there, uh, it's based on BERT. Um, it's uh, uh, you know natural language processing. It's um, uh, essentially, if you're tired of having to answer the question of, you know, how many characters do I have to use in my password sorts of help desk, you know, those just those help desk questions that uh, make you drink a lot of coffee. Um, the uh, the support bot can answer those for you, and it's functional. It works. Like you can build it, deploy it, export it, take it home. Yeah, well, what I know the first use? thing that's the support bot. If I know IT guys, the first thing that's going to say is, "Did you turn it on and off and back on <laughs> yet? Yeah, have you rebooted? It was, uh, the, yeah, was that already on? built into the default uh, AI? Hey, you got it. You got to do the blueprint. You'll find out. <laughs> All right. So guys, if you want to learn more, check out the uh, the blueprints. Check out this this launchpad thing. It's very very cool. We'll put a link in the show notes and in the uh, description if you're checking this out on YouTube. Uh, Luke, thanks for joining in. It was uh, a pleasure to speak with you as always. Yeah, it's been fun. Thank you very much. <laughs>